You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Kay with Unleashed. Welcome. Nice to have you stop by and listen to the show. A couple of things to talk about today. First off, I have to say I am so happy my sister adopted a dog from a shelter. And that's the best kind of animal we can adopt is a rescue. A little lapsa oopsa. I'm not saying it right. Purebred, sweet, a little girl. About a year and a half, seems to be somewhat trained, but sweet and loving and is happy as could be. So, you know, when somebody, you know, rescues an animal and then says that they understand the love bond between a dog and its owner, that's a good day. So today I wanted to talk about the DNA of dogs and pet peeves, both our pet peeves and dogs pet peeves and the DNA of dogs is like fascinating we're talking you know half a million years ago on in Middle East in Asia and in Europe and it started out we wanted to shoot them to eat them but after a while you know whoever um, had these animals or went after these animals observed them and realized and moved with them from village to village that they could use them for hunting or for gods, you know, a god dog, or for a companion. And over time, they did become companions, and they ended up moving with them. And even in ancient times, there's been reports of, you know, finding dogs carefully buried in graves with their owners. So, I mean, all dogs today come from a wolf. Every dog today has wolf in them, and 75% of every dog comes from the DNA of a wolf or a dog from Asia, and I think that's just fascinating. And, you know, when reading this article um, about the DNA, it talked about so many different things about, you know, today's dog and how they've evolved, and dogs today, every one of their noses is like a fingerprint. Everyone is different, and they're just so sensitive, which is why they use them for scent to find living, find the dead, you know, um, explosives, drugs. If you've ever flown internationally, I remember this one little beagle when I came back from Italy was sniffing me, and, you know, I did have an orange in my bag because... I took an orange to eat it on the plane, and I didn't finish it. And, you know, nobody wants to throw food out. And this dog, you know, he wanted my orange. Not for himself, but he didn't want it in the country, and I had just forgotten. But thank God we have them. The nose knows. And um, especially Labradors, they have very sensitive nose that they're now using them in the parades with the holidays, with the uh, Thanksgiving parade and, you know, the lighting of the Christmas tree in New York, which is, you're talking about everything happening in New York now with the influx of travelers and tourists and because the president-elect lives there, that, you know, it's an encompassing task 
that for some reason Labradors are very good. And I think that's very good to know because that will help our shelters be able to have more dogs adopted and trained for whether it's comfort or security or guard or, you know, sniffing out bombs or something that could hurt us. But, you know, even with, I remember my girlfriend's mother had a white shepherd and July 4th, they had a house upstate and every July 4th, they would go upstate. And I kind of remember maybe she, you know, gave the dog somewhat of a tranquilizer. Dog was terrified of fireworks. And in this article that I read in the research that I did, they are just so in tune to thunderstorms and lightning. Their hearing, their senses are so much stronger than ours. But horses are that way also. A lot of farmers talk about the fact that if there's a storm brewing, the horses start to act up also. So, you know, animals are very, very sensitive to what's around them, you know, the environment, the weather. They stop and smell the roses. When dogs were first got involved with man and as far as a companion, it was pretty brilliant for them both to get to know what each brought to the table. You know, food, man could bring food to the table for the dog. And the dog could be a working dog, a guard dog, a companion. So they say that the first six months of a dog's life teaches them socialization. By the time a dog is six months old, they have learned how to socialize, either with man or with other dogs, which I find is fascinating because they are packed animals, but... There are many people that just have one dog and it's just the two of them and they work fine together. They're happy. The love and the kindness that we show an animal, the dog understands, senses, and shows us back. I mean, we all know the stories of no matter how badly abused or sad or troubled a dog is, their first reaction is the wagging of a tail. And, you know, the different ways that a dog wags his tail is amazing because it means different things, whether it's high or it's low or it's left or it's right. They're our oldest companions. I just find it fascinating that today, even the dogs today, all these years later, all these inbreeds, all these poodle doodles, breeds and mixes, that every dog today has some wolf in them, which is amazing and you know if you look at some of the wolves those they're tremendous and they're howls and it's you know and they're pack animals also and the way they move from area to area together there are some that do stay alone coyotes can be alone and and move that way but you know wolves really are packed animals and they say even cats are packed animals whoever knew that but I once read an article about a farmer who had many, many, many cats on his farm. With cats, hunters brought grain. Grain brought rats. And guess what the rats brought? They brought the cats. So that's why farmers love to have cats on their property. But he he really watched them, and they did move as a pack. I mean, I have two. I have had three cats at a time, individual personalities, but... They all do like to be, my cats especially, like to be around each other. I mean, my female Cheyenne, if she's going into the kitchen for whatever, 
Daniel Boone, the Maine Coon, has to go with her, follow the leader, and he'll just sit in the hall or in the kitchen and watch her whatever she does. He's madly in love with her. So I think that when I got him, wherever he was, I think he was alone. I, don't, I think he was the only animal in the house because he just was so happy to have a companion. Besides me, he thinks Cheyenne is his companion. We'll be right back after this break from our sponsor. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Put a puppy under the Christmas tree. Wait. You read it, not feed it. It's the dog with the opposable thumb. An accidental love story. The fun new book by award-winning author, Mark Barkowitz. When an accidentally DNA-altered puppy is born with a thumb, his lovelorn grad student caretaker devises a strategy to achieve their Kardashian-like fame and fortune. It's funny, intelligent, and incredibly unique. And 20% of book sales benefit the Pasadena Humane Society and SPCA. The Dog with the Opposable Thumb is available now through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and MarkBark.org. Thumbs up to a howling fun book for the holidays. The Dog with the Opposable Thumb. Order yours now. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We're back, and um, now I want to start off this segment about pet peeves. Pet peeves with what our dogs consider pet peeves with us. They do not like when we ignore them, which today we do a lot of working from home. We watch television. They want to go out. They don't want to be ignored. We could tell that by them sitting on our laps or with their paws trying to nudge us. It's very weird to think that dogs sweat through their pores. No matter what the weather is, no matter what the activity is, they sweat through their pores. Even when you stroke their, you know, after, you know, running around in the park or outside or play, it's their pores. It's, I think it's just fascinating. Each animal comes with a different blueprint on how they do things. And as I was saying before, you know, when a dog wags his tail coming from the right, they're happy. When they wag it high or low, it tells you something else, you know, that they're having insecurity. There may be another dog around that if you're with other people, they don't feel comfortable, or you have a friend around and they don't feel comfortable, or they just don't know that friend. You know, not everybody, when they come to your house when you have a pet, that your animals come out and greet them. Some are very weary. My Daniel Boone greets everybody. My Cheyenne is a little shy, which is why I named her Cheyenne. 
she will eventually come out for some people, and some people she would just rather, and it's very weird. When I lived in New York, I had a house full of people all the time. People brought their dogs. I mean, so it's just, I guess, over a period of time and, you know, living in my new environment with not as many people stopping over every day that the animals take on, that they just want to be by themselves. But Daniel Boone comes out for everybody. So in my research about dogs' pet peeves, they don't seem to, like, set up play dates unless they like the dog, which would be, I guess, if you went to a barbecue or a picnic and you brought your dog and your friend had his dog there and they seem to really get along. But like a forced play date, they're not thrilled with that. A lot of words, you know, dogs know, no, yes, good, blah, blah, blah is all they hear afterwards. And they've done studies that they, you know, in watching dogs, when I say studies, this is over many, many dogs and watching many, many dogs. They don't really like to be hugged which I like hugging my dog when I had him. And they don't like to really be teased unless it's in play or rushed when they're outside. And then we have our own pet peeves about our dogs, you know. We want them to listen to us. We want them to obey us. We want them to show us love and loyalty, which I would say if you have a dog, you have that. And we want them to listen. If you say no or stop, we want them to. But... I just think it's fascinating, the bond between dogs and us, and cats also. I have to say, my Daniel Boone is very, very much like a dog, very dog-like. If I'm in the kitchen and I turn around, he will be there laying down or sitting watching me, like he wants to cook with me. He likes my company, and when he doesn't want my company, he'll go out on the patio. I have a screened-in patio. And he'll enjoy the sun out there. But 90% of the time, he likes to be in my company. And he's gotten to, you know, we're going into our fourth year with him. And it's just really, um, he lays anywhere. And he really is a big cat. And, you know, getting up in the middle of the night, if you have to, or just you really need to know where he is because he'll lay anywhere. And now I've noticed that I have like a little throw rug by my front door and he'll lay there which is very strange. That's like a new place for him to lay. Or like, you know, if you get up and you want to go into the kitchen to get, you know, some a bottle of water, he's in the middle of the hall. So I have come to the point where I have to actually tell myself whenever I am moving from room to room, if the lights aren't on yet or if it's in the middle of the night and I get up, I have to be aware that I have to put on the light because falling would be a terrible thing. We'll be right back after our sponsor. Okay, time to call off the dogs. We'll be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. He was malnourished and emaciated. Constant scratching and just being unpleasant. He was shedding excessively. He was losing his fur. Franklin was rescued from the streets of Los Angeles. Bear was a rescue from the same shelter in Kansas City, Missouri, that I got J.J. the Terrier. I found his raw meat diet, which is raw meat, eggs, rice, and Dinovite and Licko Chops. His omega-3 supplement on Dinovite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. I've got my ground beef, the Dynavite, and I just mix it all together with the eggs and the shells. Franklin, he's thriving. His coat is soft and shiny. He's shedding much less. They're much happier. Their coats are better. Their behavior, especially their behavior, is better. 
How do you feed your shelter dog to derive a great attitude? Start that little pet off right. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Just go to Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Wishing you the happiest of holidays from our family to yours. Your official holiday station. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, everybody. We're back. And for the end of the segment, I just wanted to talk about some things that, you know, I have thought about and seen. I have many friends who do rescue and transporting. And I have noticed on a few occasions, and, you know, actually one is too many, that a lot of people adopt dogs. And then a couple of days later, they return them. And I just don't understand that. I mean, you know, you have to understand when you adopt an animal, depending on where they came from, whether they've been in the, you know, the shelter for weeks or months, or they just came in, they, you know, they're heartbroken. They're upset. They don't understand what did they do wrong? Where are they going? Why are they here? And if you've ever gone to a shelter, you know it is quite noisy. It is not, you know, the way they portray it on television where, you know, they show you one dog in the cage and everything is happy, happy. It isn't. It is filled with animals who have been discarded and it's heartbreaking. And I just wanted to say that if you ever adopt an animal and I don't think that I'm really talking directly to you, but maybe you have friends that you could enlighten them. Because obviously, if you're listening to any show on this website, you are an animal lover. But they need time to adjust. You know, certainly two to three weeks of, you know, devotion and care and love and petting and bonding before you could really make an assessment of if they're going to fit in your lifestyle. I mean, I had one person tell me somebody adopted a dog on a Saturday and Sunday morning when she went out to get the paper, the dog was on tied to her fence. I mean, what kind of people do that? I really think that, you know, these animals should be chipped before they are adopted. And if the chip is shown to be given to somebody else, within the first year and not taken care of, I think there should be a fine. I think there should be some kind of security that, you know, you get back after the, the animal has been with you for a while because it's just not fair. It's, it's heartbreaking uh, to the animal. And, you know, if you certainly if you bring an animal into your home and you have children, it's got to be heartbreaking for them as well. So if you're going to adopt, do your research what kind of a pet that you think that would fit your lifestyle. I will be getting a dog again, not right now, but I always love big dogs. But, you know, I'm older now, and as I say, we shrink. I might not want a, a, big, a big, big dog. Maybe I'll take a medium-sized dog. But I think that it would be something that, you know, if you are going to a shelter, you would look through, and if the look gets you and the eyes connect, that's uh, amore. So I just wanted to say that because it was a peeve of mine and I and I think it's heartbreaking because I help out with some of the rescues as far as sharing, 
the animal's story. I don't have that on the Unleashed radio show with Cheryl Kay on Facebook, but on another site I do that. It, it's just heartbreaking. And all of my rescue friends, it's amazing. They have at least eight dogs. They just can't say no. So um, that's what I wanted to say. And we'll be back next time. I want to wish everybody a happy holiday and remember to live life unleashed. See you next time. Any questions, any suggestions, unleashedtalk at gmail.com or you can contact me on my Facebook page, Unleashed Radio Show with Cheryl Kay. See you next time, everybody. Keep well. I want to thank my um, producer, Mark Winter, and we'll see you again. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.